My name is Skip Sims, Senior Vice President of Ann Arbor Spark. I also am the managing member of the Michigan Angel Fund and member of the Michigan Angel Community. It Takes Money is a series of podcasts featuring angel investors and experts who offer insight on how to invest in startups. In these podcasts, we'll discuss the many aspects of angel investing and why they're choosing to invest in Michigan. Hi, today I'm delighted to have with me Stu Nelson. Stu is not a member of an angel group. Um, what would we call you? Um, the independent, the for independent. sure. Lone uh, wolf. By nature, lone wolf. Yeah. Um, you have been very active angel investor, though. Yes. Yeah. And yep. you invest in very early stage companies. Yes. Um, Where my money can make a difference. There so, we go. Yeah. So, uh, different perspective today. Uh, which is what we're trying to do with these podcasts to expose you to different ways to go about investing in this asset class. And so, Stu, we're delighted that you carved out some time and Happy talk to, with Happy us to and help. share with yeah. all this wisdom you've learned over well, the years. All right, they, they call them scars. <laughs> <laughs> I understand, yeah. you're right. So, uh, tell us about yourself. How in the world did you get start doing investing like this? Well, uh, a good friend of mine, um, a number of years ago, 20, 25 years ago or so, was the CEO of a very high-tech company uh, that was in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and he and I spent a great deal of time together, and he actually uh, went on to start a venture capital company, which I helped him do, um, you know, sort of back behind the scenes type stuff for it. But uh, he, he and I um, started investing in, in stocks together, high technology stocks. And, and we had some pretty good success because he was, he's really a very knowledgeable person about software. And this is, you know, like I said, 25 years or so ago. And we, we, we did very well. And the year 2000 came around and we decided that it was time that we probably would want to take some of our winnings out of the stock market and i thought well what am i going to do with it now so i started putting that money into angel investments and in my own creating my own you know sort of private equity type uh, you know, portfolio, one that's not marked to the market every right. every day. <laughs> right. You know, luckily yeah. because if my yeah. wife marked it to the market, I probably would have made one investment. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, that's how I got started. Yeah, and I just have been, you know, I'd gone so back since to two thousand. That's yeah, two. That's eighteen that's years. That's when I started in bet in the in the angel side of things. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'd been uh, since probably. 1990, in the early 90s, I, I had gone back to school to get my master's in business, and I, I was a finance and accounting guy, and I, I love the, the financial side of businesses, and still do, and uh, uh, so I've been attracted to it for a long time. I went out and I, I started two businesses myself while I was still flying, and one of them went out of business. One of them we sold to a bigger competitor, and I sort of got the bug there. Uh, these were not high tech businesses; they were low low tech businesses. But uh, but I got the bug, and and then 
I went on and in early, I guess it was 1998 or so, I went, uh, I wrote a business plan for a company in Ann Arbor uh, and we went out, we raised two and a quarter million dollars <laughs> and uh, we promptly went out of business when the dot-com crash came mm, yeah. in 2002 or so, but we made, we had a pretty good run. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, so I, I've just been, you know, and I love all things high, how high many, tech. How mm -hmm. many companies do you think you've invested in over the years? Oh boy, 20, probably 25 maybe. Mm -hmm. And uh, some, you know, my, I always, I don't put a whole lot of money in. Uh, you know, I think my, my largest investment was, you know, around 100K. Uh, most of them have been around 25K or so, you know, then knowing that it would take another 25K to get them to. to yeah, well, you've actually made, because you also invest very early when they don't need a lot of capital. Yes, right. Where it's, and so you've probably put in even less than that, maybe in one or two deals? I, in several deals. Actually, I have as little as $10,000 in uh, two two other companies that actually are still still going. You would know who they are, too. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just, you know, if... Uh, if you're the first in with ten thousand dollars, they they'll take your money. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, promise yeah, you. Yeah, the entrepreneur yeah. sure will. Yeah, of course they will. So but, you uh, do go earlier. So I want to talk about two things further that we've now discussed. Uh -huh. One, how early stage you actually invest. A lot of angel investors, even. Uh, I've talked about on this podcast many times how the VCs have gone downstream. And, yes, right. And they're wanting that company to be and the already making money. Are moving up and that angels way too. Are, yeah. have moved that way a bit, and yeah. wanting to see the you know some progress. You, on the other hand, will invest when it's it's more than an idea, but not a heck of a lot more than an idea. Yeah, I I I, I really won't invest if they don't have a prototype because I don't really have the technical background to try and figure out whether mm -hmm. the science is going to work. So if they have a uh, prototype that I can look at and see how it works, uh, then then I would get in at that stage. Right, so pre, I guess pre-revenue. So for yeah. that entrepreneur that might be watching this podcast, the suggestion is, look, you've got to bootstrap until you've got a product. Yes. Don't really go looking for people oh, like yourself boy, or myself oh or anything yeah. until you've at least got your product yeah. uh, ready to start selling, marketing. Right. I've been, I've been on the sort of the lecture circuit here uh, for the last two or three years and lecturing in various places to entrepreneurs about uh, raising money. And I'm actually writing a book now with, uh, with a U of M professor, a friend of mine, that I, I'm helping him in his class, you know, uh, Dave, you know, at his Dave mm -hmm. Brophy, mm -hmm. and uh, so the Godfather, yeah, the Godfather, capital. yeah, right, right. <laughs> but anyway, so he and I are, you know, working on on uh, putting together this. It's called the Entrepreneur's Equity Roadmap, and what the roadmap is is a way, you know, to take introduce founders into how to raise money, uh, and to take their company from garage to greatness, and and. Uh, what they need to tell investors and what investors are, are looking for. And a, it's a big part of what, what I think is really important on the educational side of things for founders is getting them to put their investor hat on for a while and 
think about it from what an investor would want. Absolutely. And then that's what the company that you need to build. Yep. yep. And if your if your goal is to sell it to somebody else, then let's plan on that. So if you're planning on getting out of this business in seven years or so, I don't recommend you know, trying to plan to get out of a business in two or three years or four or five, it's not going to work. But, you know, six or seven years, you certainly could design a business from from garage to greatness where you had that exit. When you finish that book, let me know. We certainly want to yeah, push that yeah, out for yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. I would, <laughs> I would appreciate it. I'm, 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 I'm working hard on it right after now. 18, so. After 18 yeah. years of doing this. Yeah. Um, I've got to ask, why do you still do this by yourself, independent? I mean, I know you'll you'll call friends and you use your network on your diligence, et cetera. But um, yeah, why do you like being well, I, the lone ranger, lone wolf? Um, well, because one of the things, and it, and it, we just talked about it here in our in the panel discussion we just had, um, is that I I like to make decisions rather quickly and I, I don't like it to drag out and I don't want it to be in a committee and I try to be fair to the to the entrepreneurs and so rather than giving a you know having this dragged out maybe I like to just <laughs> give them a no right off the, you know yes or no that's one of the things yeah, we right, try and right. do is uh, I'll yeah. tell the entrepreneur look it, one of the things we try and do for you by yeah, the way yeah. is tell you no as quick it, as possible and why you know, and, what, and why, and yes. why, and I think yeah. that's doing a big service. And then, a lot of times, then I, if I say no real early on, and then I go, I go help them, and I mentor them. Like one of the last investments that I made was in is was in a company called Sentinel, and it's a it's a company that makes a, a gun safety device that's uh, biometrically activated. I've and, seen it. And you put it on a, on a gun, and it falls off, and. But I, before I invested in that company, I mentored him for three years. That's I worked with him for three solid years. I'm still working with him. Yep. And he's I been in business for six years. And mm. so, and it's now we're just finally starting to get some traction sales-wise. And uh, so I, I uh, you know, like I said, I, I didn't tell him that I would invest or anything like that. I just volunteered to help coached and, and mentored coached and, and mentored and became a trusted advisor to him. Yep. And, and now he's like a son of mine, actually, you know, and uh, so that's I, a very good point. I mean, yeah. you, you you did you're giving back to that's your way of giving back to Michigan. That's and my goal. you helped this entrepreneur, and it took three years though before you actually wrote that. Before I wrote a check. check, that's right. And and uh, good lesson. Yeah, no, it's a good lesson, and I just, I mean, I feel that strongly about it. I've been fairly successful in life, and I really, I love the state of Michigan. I've lived here the majority of my life, except for 15 years, where I'm a California improved Michigander. <laughs> and and uh, about out in the sunshine out there, but uh, are now fires. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I just I like I want to give back to the state, and so I do that. I volunteer my time freely for people to. Well, we sure appreciate it. Yeah, well, uh, I, and our economy appreciates it and needs people yeah, like yourself. Thank yeah. you very much. Well, that's why I got to get that book out so we can there you go. can see because it's all. My book is based on my basic premise. If I have just another second, sure. I'll tell sure. you about it. Is that, you know, if you if you 
when you take money into your company is that you know people bring it in and they they base the amount of money that they want to raise based on on the needs of the business but i suggest that they take that one step farther and they put it so that they base it on the so that they raise enough money so that they can assure themselves that they're going to be able to have the valuation for the next round so that they can raise the next round also because you don't want to get stuck halfway between this round and the next round. You want to get to the point. Here, here's how I explain it to people is that if I'm raised money and I have four or five investors in an in a initial round, on the next round, if I go up to them and I say, Skip, you know, look, I was able to, on paper here, we've doubled or tripled our value uh, from the time you gave me your money. I've delivered on what I said I was gonna deliver on, and I need to raise another $2 million. And you probably, because I doubled or tripled your money, you're gonna go, well, yeah, hell yeah, Stu, of course I'll do it with you. But now let's take the same conversation and just twist it around a little bit and say, hey, Skip, you know, I, I think I need to raise, you know, some more money here. And I know this deal is going to be a little flat. And matter of fact, the valuation since you last gave me the money is probably a little less than what it was the last time. What are you going to say? And it's a pretty easy conversation. <laughs> yeah, so it's hard, I'm but it's easy. It, I know yeah. it's hard. So I'm yeah. saying I'm sorry. It's, I'm, it's Fisher cut bait, and I'm mm -hmm. cutting bait here. Yeah. But so what you need to build milestones that are valuation milestones, and those typically are generated by revenue. Yeah. So and then you let the the revenue, you, you figure out what revenue that you need to have and build your sales plans and your marketing plan, your product development plan, your hiring plan, all to feed into get, making sure that I have a $2 million annual run rate of my revenue 18 months from now so that I can go to the venture capital folks and see if they would put some money in. And along the way, yeah. keep you as the investor aware yes. of all of those roadblocks totally. you keep running into, the bumps you totally. keep hitting, yeah, totally. and seeking your advice, yeah, seeking totally. your counsel. Yeah, totally. And, it, you know, and I think it is a real common malady that we have of our younger generation is they, de they don't want to get on the phone. Everything has to be text messaging and, <laughs> and emails and stuff. But sitting down with your investors and talking to them quarterly or something, it's like sitting down with your, we used to have to sit down with our banker. You know, you, you always should know the, yep. the banker that you yep. do. You should own stock in the bank you're doing business with. <laughs> you know, but that's a relationship side of things. Yep. And, and I think that our, our young entrepreneurs just don't quite understand that. They don't get, maybe it's because they're not mature enough or what, but they don't understand that you, you really owe it to these people. Yeah. And an executive summary is a promise. And if you put your financials on the ex executive summary, you've promised that you're, that's what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then 
you're going back to your investors with your hat in your hand, and I just, I think that's, it's very difficult. I've done it. That's harder than raising the money the first <laughs> I've time. I've done it. I've done it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're kidding. I've been yeah. there. Done, been there, done that, and you don't want to go back to your investors, you know, with your hat in your hand. So, yeah. no bridge rounds. Let's yep. get all that stuff. The bridge right. rounds a four-letter word. <laughs> so, anyway. Hadn't heard that one before. Yeah, That's no, good. it is. I think it means that you didn't plan right. Stu, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, anyway. I appreciate yeah, your time. Skip, always. Thank it's, you. It's fun. Thank you for taking time to listen to It Takes Money. For more of our podcasts, visit annarborusa.org slash podcasts or michiganangels.org. Thanks to the Ralph C. Wilson Jr. Foundation for making these podcasts possible. And let me leave you with this from John D. Rockefeller. It is a mistake to assume that the possession of money in great abundance brings happiness. Pleasure comes not from the possession of money, but from the ability to do things for others, which brings satisfaction.